Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. One of the reasons I think early that we were a little stagnant because, you know, we want him to be that aggressive at the right time in the game. It's hard to do that for 36, 38 minutes. So for us to be able to move the ball and everybody touch it and have it come back to him, and you know, that's the key for us is to trust each other. And then obviously at the end of the game, we trust on him. And there it is, the question, PK, the essence of what you put up on our Facebook page. How cool is it to watch Rudy and Donovan dominate at the end of games? And there is head coach Quinn Snyder talking about trusting Donovan. At the end of the game, get him the ball, and either he'll get you a bucket or he'll set somebody else up with a chance to get a bucket. Well, this may sound outrageous, but at the end of games, like with five minutes to go in a close game, he's clearly a mini LeBron. Because we've seen LeBron do that, right? Yes. And, you know, I'm not saying he's LeBron because obviously LeBron Yeah, I hate six, those comparisons. But, but I know what you're getting but at. He's the, fu- this the is style, multiple, the philosophy of the game. This is multiple games that we have seen him pick his spots and in the last five minutes take over. Yeah. And they keep winning these games. No matter how well they play or no matter how poorly they play, they're winning a lot of games by five to eight points. And it's like... I could put more effort out there. I, I think Donovan's thinking this. I could put more effort out there and win by 20, but it's still just one win. And they're asking him to play 36 minutes, and he's got to go 82 games. So I get it. Because I really did think, as poorly as they were playing early in the fourth quarter, and Quinn calls timeout down six, I still thought he's going to put the starters in, and they're going to win the game. Well, and they, they, did. And they did. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Donovan played well, especially against Atlanta, which was a smaller team, so he's a smaller dude, and they had nobody to stop him. Joe, we're going to have Joe on in about 90 minutes or so, or two hours, and I'm going to tell Joe, Joe, this is who you are, man. You are not, you can't go back. And then Rudy coming in, when he came in, all those shots at the basket became wild shots at the basket. I know. <laughs> and they were so under control. I mean, it was layup, dunk, yeah. layup. Yeah. You're like, why would they shoot anything else? They can get this anytime they want. And then as soon as Rudy gets in the game, right. they don't get it at all. Right. And then they start driving to the bucket, and then he's there, the big obstacle. And then with him being there, that, they, that, they, that's So he's a mini Shaq? He's the big obstacle? Because Shaq always used to do the big whatever. Whatever the pop oh, okay, culture I got reference you, I got you, was. I got you, I got you. I, the mo- I, I thought you were doing the big obstacle. Oh. I, I thought you were. I thought it was no. another LeBron kind of Shaq no, you know, I mini got you. comparison. I got you LeBron or Shaq, the entertainer that he is. Yeah, he, he labeled everything the, the big yeah, blank, yeah. whatever yeah, the, the pop culture. Right, the yeah. big whatever the pop culture reference of the moment was. No, I just meant he's the he's the obstacle that oh, you yeah. have to face, and you th- you've been used to like Jabari Parker was just running to the bucket, and he had a great game, yeah. and so now here. Rudy you checks yeah. back in. You're thinking, okay, I'm in the groove of getting to the basket. Well, then you're running into the obstacle, and it's not working for you because he's forcing you to throw up some garbage, and it's not going to go in. It's a low, low percentage shot no matter how close you are. It's not working. And so I know it's just the Hawks, and they suck and all, but I found that to be particularly entertaining to see one player take over on one end, the other player take over on the other end. Well, you know, the thing is you can't give away wins against the bottom half of the league because the other people 
aren't giving away wins against the bottom half of the league. And they're going to have to get better, and there are bigger tests to come. But we've seen this stretch now over the last couple weeks where they played teams that are middle to bottom of the league, and those teams continue to have their way with the Jazz bench. And the, the bench numbers weren't good. But if you had to choose between having a couple of really good players at the top of your rotation or having depth throughout... I think you win more with a couple really good players at the top. Yeah, I think that's what this league has shown. And you look at, I would venture to say, you combine the Jazz and the Stars, and they're like 37 and 13. That's so not, you combine the two, I bet you they have the best records. It's not how it works. If, if you want it to work. <laughs> this is it's a dream. It's the Christmas season. Okay. It, All it, right. It's the imaginary of things hey. that can happen that are good. The commissioner is looking to shake things up. Maybe that's one of the things he'll end up doing. Well, In-season tournaments, foreign games, who knows what's Because the Stars are playing the Herd tonight in Vegas at their G League showcase. And the Stars are 11-2. and two. I read something that NBA scouts have really uh, camped out in Vegas for the week. They're there oh, they for are. the G League stuff. And then Kentucky's playing on either side because they played the Utes yeah, and they're, then they're playing Ohio State. Well, Dennis and Justin are there. I yeah. know that. I mean, look, we've been exchanging on what they've been seeing and we've been going back and forth. Well, they've that's been, because you and Dennis are going to go out and change the name. They've narrative. been sending me little film clips on in my email and hey, PK, and what do you look, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. That's we're not for a few years. We're not sure, PK. Please set us. I got a keen eye. I keep it on the low. I mean, I don't want to brag. So sure. The one thing I don't do is brag. No, no, you're not about the braggadocio. The humility is one of my best qualities. Absolutely, always has been. It's unique. All right, Jazz are off today. They play the Hornets tomorrow. That's a it's a weird time. A matinee, a three o'clock game, five o'clock back there in Charlotte. But yeah, yeah. three o'clock our time. It is a weird time on a Saturday afternoon. Don't really have those, but that's good. Give them plenty of time. They and it's not a next day that they go to Miami, and so they should be fully rested for Miami's game, which obviously appears to be on paper anyway the toughest of the three before they come home. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Giannis spinning away from his man. Another deep three pointer. Good again. Oh my. Bucks by 16. Giannis is hit four from deep tonight. Giannis pulls up for his fifth three. Good! A, B, C. Easy as one, two, three for the MVP. 14-point lead for the Bucks. Five made three-pointers for Giannis. A career high for one game. And Milwaukee, the Bucks beat the Lakers 111-104. PK, he's always been able to go to the hoop. He's got the extendo arms. He scores over people. If he starts hitting deep threes routinely, and he got five of them against the Lakers, what what is the answer? Well, he he can hit short threes as well as deep deep threes, and it is Katie barred the door as far as him being an individual player. Now he's just 25 years old because we saw a couple weeks back against the Jazz, he do a spin move in the lane. He's right on top of the rim. So, yes, if he's going to do able, be able to do that, I mean, that makes the Bucks a legitimate contender. I can't go crazy because it's a regular season game, and LeBron, approaching 35 years old, has been around the block a thousand times, so he's not going to be completely and totally amped up for that game as he would be in the finals. But nevertheless, that was a nice win for Milwaukee because they're, even though he's the MVP and they were good last year, they're still trying to prove just how good are we? Are we really that good? There's got to be some doubt in their minds. And so this helps them maybe understand it a little bit better as far as, yeah, okay, we're decent. We can hang with these guys. And it was a big game for the Milwaukee purposes. And obviously it was on ESPN and all that stuff, or at TNT, I guess it was. 
on a Thursday night. So it's a very nice win for them. It was a nice night of basketball, NBA basketball. 111-104, the Bucks get the victory over the Lakers. That's back-to-back losses for the Lakers, well, which I, qualifies as a losing streak for yeah, those guys. I mean, already you're hearing whispers about Vogel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when you reverence the night of basketball, you're also referencing the Rockets, who were down against the Clippers in L.A., and it was double digits, and they rallied to win that game, 122-117. So well, both yeah. L.A. teams get beat. Yes, and the, and, uh, the, the Rockets... You know, you can't dismiss them. I know Locke, and he's going to come on here in this next segment. He doesn't like Westbrook as most uh, inefficient player, blah, blah, blah. And all that may be true, but I don't care about that. I-, I want entertainment. These guys, to me, are nothing but movie actors. And when I go to a movie, I want to see a good movie. And when I watch an NBA game, I want to see a good NBA game. And Russell Westbrook, is, to me, is an exciting player. And so he goes for 40 and 10 and five assists. Yeah, I don't think there was any doubt that he knew full well it was the second half of a doubleheader clippers are good plus he's home he grew up literally about seven eight miles from that arena and being at home i'm sure jacked him up a little oh, bit. oh yeah the juice the juices yeah. were flowing yeah and he's an emotional player for better or worse sometimes it's for worse but they had it going on i can't go crazy in that you know all oh, the rockets they're for real because i think they're for real anyway and the Clippers had to be a disheartening loss, losing by 15, or winning by, leading by 15, I need to say, at halftime. Plus, you had all your guys, because with the Clippers, we're going to look at the box score every game. Okay, who was and who wasn't? Well, the two stars were, and they didn't get it done. Lakers still leading the West, but after a couple of losses, three and a half up on the Clips. The Jazz are a couple back of that huge uh, traffic jam, second, third, fourth, and fifth place. Yeah, they actually would have preferred the Clippers to win, I guess, if you're trying to move up because the Mavericks and Rockets are most uh, right ahead of you, closest ahead of you, so to speak. Uh, and I don't know if it really makes that big of a difference. And then the Nuggets, are the, I think the Nuggets are what tied for third with Houston. Uh, Percentage points in front of them, but yes, essentially okay. tied. They're yeah. four. They're both four and a half back. Yeah. So everyone all clumped up there. All right, we will talk jazz and NBA with David Locke. He is going to join us coming up next at seven thirty. So stay with us for that. DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Hashtag college basketball. All right, PK, it's a day full of basketball tomorrow. Basketball taking over for the uh, football. Utah State and Florida playing in the Orange Bowl Classic. That'll start at 1230, and you can check that out. Uh, It's on FS1, and Scotty G will have the call here on the Zone Sports Network. And you can seg from that into the Jazz game, and then the Utes will overlap with the Jazz game a little bit because they're starting at 430, uh, taking on 20th-ranked San Diego State, and that one is on a, a neutral floor in Los Angeles. So, you got some hoops if you want to lock it down tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a lot of NFL football, too. Uh, they got a triple header. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, the, obviously the biggest game of the day to me would appear to be uh, San Jose State and Utah. See if they can follow it up. Big win that they had over Kentucky. Built some momentum. And it's a nice time to be building momentum since you're about a week away from start of league play. Got a, uh, a long way to go in all the computer polls if they want to be an NCAA tournament team, but that was a big jump out of Kentucky. The 50s, aren't they? Uh, it depends on what poll you look at. I looked at KenPalm.com, and they're right about, uh, I think they're about 100 there after, but that's up like 15 or 20 spots. Plenty of jumped, time. Jumped in Sagarin, too. That's, 
I'm not looking at that stuff now. It it's meaningless. It's early. It's plenty of time to get where you need to want, where you want to go and where you need to go. If they beat San Diego State, well, even right. if they lose. Weber State and BYU, Marriott Center. That's the only primetime basketball. That's uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on BYU TV. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. The Aggies and Kent State. Are you ready for a game, PK? ESPN 2 tonight, 5.30. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. There's nothing tropical about Frisco, Texas, but whatever. Let's overlook that. Uh, Gary Anderson was all sorts of fired up. Wow. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it goes with what we've heard. So, yeah. Go to the bigger point. Well, hit the smaller point, and then we can go to the bigger point. He didn't like the... At all. Reporting on his players with the marijuana. Not even a little bit. Basically saying, I will make sure that those who said what they said and reported what they reported will have a miserable day, just like those players had a miserable day. Now, I don't know what's going on there because uh, they didn't really explain it. I read the Herald Journal report out of Logan, and they said they didn't know about it. And the police, there was some video, and the the police captain up there in Logan said, hey, we'll We'll show Gary the video because they didn't know, was he taking a shot at the police? Was he taking a shot at the media? Who exactly was he taking a shot at? So I'm thinking, you know, I've covered a million of those day before bowl game press conferences, and they're supposed to be nice and warm and fuzzy. Usually the happiest place on earth, (laughs) Disneyland of sports. And then Gary drops that. Wow. And so comparisons because the day before the NCAA tournament is the same way. And remember when we were up in uh, Spokane? And Wisconsin's then coach lost it. That was kind of tense. Oh, yeah. What was that? I can see him. I can't think of his name. Ryan. Bo? Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he got, he was, there was something going on with the Wisconsin media. And so yeah. the others, media covering the other seven schools, were just kind of looking at it like, what have we just stepped in the middle of? And Patino would do that to the Lexington people, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd seen him do uh, it. Uh, one time, Ajaris went after me. And said, I don't know, you're the reporter. And I said, and you're the coach. My job is to ask you questions. Your job is to I wasn't going to take it. <laughs> because Long, they were playing Long Beach. So a lot of yeah. my friends from the L.A. media were uh, up there. Yeah. So, I mean, you get that. But that was really, really strong. And Gary was saying. I think it goes to the bigger point of how happy slash miserable is Gary. How long is he going to do this? And I thought when he got hired, you know, he's plenty young enough to have a five to seven year run, maybe ten. And you listen to him through the course of this season, and man, he sounds wound up. And I was talking to someone who loves the Aggies and is much closer to it than I am, and I think you are too. And I was saying, man, has Gary only got the energy to do two or three years of this? Because he just seems all sorts of wound up and really miserable at times. And they're like, two to three? Next year could be his last year. Now, you put the fan mode in, and <clears throat> even if they know what's going on, still the fan mode is there, and it can you know skew the perspective. But he's been miserable after wins at times this year, and it's a hard job in the best of times. I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I was relating to him better this year. Yeah, he thought you really dialed in. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways you were. All right, well, the game's tonight. It's State. 
chance to pick up win number eight for Utah State. It's on the zone. Scotty G's got the call. 4.30 on 1280 the zone. And uh, the regular shows, the big show will be on 97.5 the zone. So Scotty then is taking a red eye tonight to Florida because tomorrow's game against Florida for the Aggies and Hoops is at noon. Right. And so what will Scotty sound like on the air during that game? It'll be worth a listen. I don't know. Jet lag exhausted Scotty could be the best Scotty. So Frisco's about a half hour north of Dallas. It's not far to the airport from So he's got a th- about a 30-minute right. drive, and then the flight, it's a nonstop to Fort Lauderdale to where they're playing. So that is quite the schedule, and hopefully everything's on time, and we hear his voice on our <laughs> air tomorrow at the basketball could we get tired of irritable scotty that could be fun uh, i think he's fine there <laughs> all right dj and pk hashtag college football buffalo and charlotte kicking off the uh, bowl schedule today at noon if you're sitting at home with nothing to do you can clip on espn weaver state on espnu tomorrow semi-final with james madison these two teams played really defensive-oriented quarterfinals. I'm expecting uh, first one to 14 to win this. This ought to be another low-scoring well, game. Well, Weber blew that a couple years back back there. That 31-28 game? Yes. When, uh, yes. You know, it was really reminiscent of the Utes at Washington the year that they coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, it's a deal where you're at the end of the game and the other team oh, has yeah, got to yeah, go yeah. score, yeah. stop, score to win it. Yeah. And in both cases, Washington did it and James Madison did it to Weber State because they were so close. Any yeah. one of those last three possessions go their way, it's a really different outcome. Yeah. More recruiting news. Four stars. Kyle getting the guys he wanted that he alluded to but could not speak of when we were at his press conference. Well, yeah, this defensive back, Clark Phillips, the highest rated guy, blah, 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 blah. Ohio State I, I, flipping to the U. Yeah, and he had committed to Ohio State. And there's a couple of things there. For some reason, I thought he was a Midwest guy. Then I find out he's a California guy. It's like a no-brainer. That's, why, an, that's why, an easier flip. Why, why would you want to go all the way back there? And then the D coordinator took off and got the Boston College job. So that probably they helped. got a couple yeah. of guys, the, tex, or the Texas commit out of Corner Canyon. They lost their D coordinator. He got fired. So losing, changing the guys who were recruiting them, and then, then they're able to jump in. So next, those kids. Yeah. next time we're talking about continuity, remember this. Put this on the list as one of the reasons the continuity pays off. Yeah, and if you're this Phillips kid, this is Jalen Johnson all over again. They're losing everybody in their defensive backfield. So you know that you're not competing you for playing time. You're basically handed it. Now, they're not going to take that approach. I get it. But that's no, basically the, what it is. The odds of playing are high. Well, the odds of starting are high. Yeah, and the odds of playing are oh, he will play. Yeah, it's about starting yeah. and locking down your position. And they basically were able to tell him, okay, just look what Jalen did. And you, you can get a degree in three years. If you come up here and you're all about business, you're good to go. So it makes complete and total sense that he would do what he did. A lot of bowl games tomorrow. I think the one that jumps out to everybody in this part of the country, Boise State and Washington. Chris Peterson's last game against his old team, the Vegas Bowl. Well, Boise's pissed that they got to play in this game. They wanted so, they wanted to be in a New Year's Six game. Big time, yeah. So They yeah. lost to BYU. That's what's keeping them out. And Peterson obviously had coached at both places, so I'm, I'm very much interested in that game. That's a 5.30 game our time? Yeah, it's a little later. It's been an afternoon game for quite yeah, a bit. That's great. But it's, but it's 5.30 on ABC. Oh, I'll, I'll be all over that one. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
today just uh, getting that realization back in our mind that, you know, we do control our own destiny and if we handle business, we'll be in a good spot. So we just got to take it one game at a time, though, start with the Rams and we'll take it from there. Jimmy Garoppolo right there talking about the Niners and Rams. Got a bunch of showdowns, PK, here in the next two weeks for division titles. The NFL's done a good job scheduling these head-to-head games the last three weeks. So the NFC West title on the line. Games on the NFL Network Saturday night. Rams and Niners for the NFC West. And loser will probably end up being the five seed. Uh, there's a Monday night game. It's another division title, Green Bay and Minnesota. If Green Bay wins that, Minnesota will pretty much be the six. The Rams would be the five seed yeah, if they lose eight. to the Niners. No, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Seattle. Yeah, I got that backwards. That's the Seahawks game, which is the next week for the division. The next week, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. The Rams have faint division or faint wild card hopes, right, but they right. got to take down the Niners Saturday right. night. Wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I don't know. The Rams the last two weeks go figure. Smoke Seattle, get blown away by Dallas. So trying Makes to figure no those sense. guys out. And then I heard this morning at the gym, listening to some national stuff, if the Patriots win this, it will clinch the division for the 11th consecutive year, which ties the all-time record in the four major sports in our country for winning your division consecutively. That's super impressive. Do you think they're going to win it, though? Because that offense has really been scuffling, and Buffalo's D is pretty good. I do, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, It sounds weird to pick the Bills. And weird to doubt the Patriots, but it seems like the Patriots have really right, been struggling let's go to score. Five hundred bucks right now. <laughs> no, Cowboys Eagles Sunday. That's another showdown for a division title. Love showdowns. Yeah. DJ and PK, that is what is trending, and all the headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, David Locke coming up next. Joe Ingles in the 9 o'clock hour. We are live at the road home. The Mediathon continues. You can call 801-819-7300. Make your donation. 17 bucks will house a family for one night. 801-819-7300. 7300 or online at theroadhome.org. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Has the performance of Romney, and then what we've seen from Hall as well, have we seen enough to at least start the conversation about a quarterback competition? I don't think every quarterback situation needs to be a controversy, but competition. Wilson is a more complete package of what I would want my quarterback to be than Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall. That does not mean that I think it's only going to take a Zach Wilson injury for these other guys to get a legitimate shot at being the quarterback there. I think you have Zach Zach Wilson is the leader in the clubhouse. But I think there should be a competition. Not because I don't think Zach Wilson's good. I saw enough that I would like to see those guys compete for the job. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK and David Locke joining us now. Get an iPhone 11 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease and eligible trade-in. Get an iPhone 11 on us when you visit the Sprint store nearest you through this eligible trade-in now through December 5. Well, that's in the rearview mirror. All right. David Locke joins us now. David, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? Doing well. So I am curious. Is there any point in trying to figure out how to manipulate the bench, or should we just acknowledge 
that they're going to get outscored when the bench is on the floor. But it's very entertaining to watch the starters. And against certainly the middle and the bottom of the league, the starters are good enough to wipe out whatever deficit they face when they come back in the game in the fourth quarter. I think as long as Mike Conley's out, it's showing that it's pretty hard to piece together the bench. I thought we saw the first half against Orlando Quinn alter the rotation, and they looked much better. And uh, Ron Boone and I often will talk about you know 240 minutes of quality basketball, which is 48 minutes at every position. We saw 120 minutes of complete basketball in the first half against Orlando when Conley was back. And you had the rotation, and and Quinn changed some things up there. He had Mike playing in three stints. He might have even had Donovan playing in three stints at that point. And and then it worked. Now, when Mike has not been available, and so you're now playing with five or six consistent players and then some kind of roll the dice, see what you get, guys, it has not been able to do that. So... Um, it does feel like the unfortunate reality that you're trying to build a lead early, then survive the onslaught, rebuild the lead, survive the onslaught, and close it out with a win. That seems to be the the pattern right now. I I don't know how where the what the next steps are in that regard, or how long you keep doing this. Well, then, with that in mind, and I think yeah, you you really nailed it. And that's been the uh, the way to win games, and they've done that obviously here recently makes me think that there's some type of move impending and they will add some reinforcement. What do you think about that? I mean, so if you're saying move through the trade deadline or something of that sort, the front office has always been really aggressive and has shown to do that over the years, so I completely understand um, the belief in that. I would say the landscape of the NBA feels a little different this year than it has in years past. There's not a good free agency class. Um, in the off season, so therefore there's not a desire to get under the cap and move a player that you might, you know, not, you know, Kyle Korver had money on his deal for, um, and Cleveland wanted to get rid of it, and so the Jazz were able to profit off of that. Um, that type of environment's not out there right now because the 2020 free agency class is empty. I think about 24 of the teams are playing to the cap rather than under the cap in the off season. So that's not there in the same way um, that's available, I think. So that's, And then we, frankly, don't have very many assets, part of what has happened in building this roster. And I think, you know, personally, I would say correctly, is that you move Grayson Allen, you moved a first-round draft pick, you move, you know, you've made a bunch of moves to go acquire talent, and um, you've created a future first-round draft pick. So there just are not a lot of assets in the cupboard for Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay to go offer to their guests when they come over to the house. And so uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to do these things. I don't know whether those reinforcements might have to be Jarrell Brantley, Mia One, and Tony Bradley, or whether those assets are coming from outside. But there's, there's always a little bit of a surprise here and there uh, that teams can pull off, but I think it'll be difficult. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, the rest of this road trip, what kind of hopes do you have for that Charlotte game? And then Miami looks like the best of the three teams on paper, clearly. So, I, mean, I think the Charlotte game will be really interesting. Charlotte's been overachieving uh, to what their win differential, their point differential is. They're about three wins better on their record than what they should be by their performance. Um, and I think, you know, that that's the one that kind of swings this trip, frankly. If we win that game, it's a pretty good trip. 
uh, to go out and win your first two, win five in a row, start to feel better about yourself. You're probably going to have to do it in a similar fashion, though. You know, both not not to say that Golden State's bench is very good or, frankly, that Orlando's bench is very good or, frankly, that Atlanta's bench is very good. Frank, they might be the three worst benches in the league, and we got outscored in all of them. So uh, I don't know why I would say that we would outscore Charlotte's bench, but Charlotte's not a very deep team. Terry Rozier has been a disappointment. Devontae Graham's one of the great stories in the league. The next one, I got to tell you what, I mean, I know I'm not well, and that most people like will watch a sitcom like The Good Place or, you know, Superstore or something like that. I could sit and watch the Miami Heat play basketball for my general enjoyment. Their offense, they run the greatest stuff. They're playing using unique talent like Duncan Robinson in his own fashion. Uh, Duncan Robinson is using 84% of his possessions as a three-point shot right now. It's all he does, and it's working. Bam Adebayo might be the most underrated player in the NBA. His skill set is just terrific. Um, they ran a play the other night against Philadelphia I've never seen before where they had Bam Adebayo on the left elbow, and they ran a backdoor cut on the right side, which is no big deal, except they followed it with another backdoor cut right behind the first one so that when you, you know, adjusted to the first backdoor cut, it bent the defense, and then they just threw another one coming in the same direction, and they got that one for the layup. Eric Spolster runs great stuff. Miami is going to be the worst matchup we can possibly play because they just play harder than everyone else, and playing hard has not been our greatest strength this year. There's only one game, but I thought the other night with Royce coming off the bench, I thought he was more aggressive, wasn't, as DJ said, wasn't deferring. And you think that when Conley gets back, that might be more of a natural for O'Neal to get the most out of him? Maybe. Um, I'm a big Royce O'Neal fan, so I don't, I don't know that I really believe Royce O'Neal has, like, I keep getting asked, does Royce have another step? Uh, the Jazz have defied logic on that. So the you know the general rule on these guys is that there's a certain point in time where you don't have another step, and the Jazz have have generally broken that rule with their player development. But it's not very often that a four-year NBA or college player, two-year European player, comes to the league and then has like some big jump. So I kind of think Royce is exactly who he is. Being a little bit more aggressive, he can go to the basket. But I don't think we're going to suddenly see like some pull-up mid-range game and some off-the-bench scoring from Royce. I think he's turned himself into a very viable three-point shooter when open, um, and I think he's turned himself into a strong driver to the basket. His rim finishing from year one to year two really took a huge jump. I believe he was working with Jeff Watkinson, uh, assistant coach, deserves a lot of credit on that. So I think, you know, I think Royce is who he is right now, which is a good defensive player, a player who's willing to commit defensively. He made two incredible defensive plays um, last night. So I think he'll, he's good in that setting, but in regards to being more aggressive, I don't expect him to suddenly be like a high usage rate guy who can like carry the offense on the bench, but I do you know, I thought the rotations the other night, as you're saying, VK, were just really smooth and the team looked to have a, a consistency. I I would share with you guys the one thing, and this is probably where my analytics fail a little bit. I didn't realize how much the flow of a game impacts players who are coming back in the game, if that makes sense. So if Donovan, Boyan, and Rudy are on the bench and our bench is on the wrong side of a 12-2 run, analytically our guys come back on the floor and they should pick up where they left off and be, and be the better group. What I've seen this year is the opposite. 
is by the time they come back in the game, if the other team's on a 12 to 2 run, they've got momentum. And even though our guys should statistically be superior at that point, it's hard for them to regain momentum. I, I, I that's a lesson learned this year. Um, and so what we saw in that Orlando first half was that the Jazz never blinked. They were able to hold that aspect of things. Um, and so the momentum, Orlando never gained the momentum, and the Jazz were able to play that 120 minutes or 24 minutes of really solid basketball. You know, it's uh, I totally buy the momentum thing, but I do think that this group, if there's one, it's the silver lining to the bench so routinely having problems and getting outscored, is that I think the starters are getting mentally tougher about that and are getting better at turning the momentum. Now, it might be because it's a soft point in the schedule, and when we see them play better teams, you know, Miami at home where Miami's lost once, they may not be able to pull this off. But I do think they're starting to get the knack of, yeah, it's been really bad, but as soon as the five of us are out here, we'll turn it around. That's a good point. Um, and just as long as you're not down 20, then it's all right. Um, as yeah. long as you're still sitting in contact. <laughs> we just have too many games so far this year where the bench – crew is minus 10. I mean, that's just a massive number. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, it's, a, but, it's a massive but, number. But down at 93-87 when Quinn called timeout in the fourth quarter uh, in Atlanta, I thought the Jazz were going to win the game. And he put Gobert in, and sure enough, they won the game. Uh, that's a great tribute to those guys. I mean, the Jazz are fabulous in the clutch right now. <clears throat> They're, um, I think they've got the second most amount of clutch wins of anyone in the league. I think they're the second or third best differential in the clutch right now. They're taking care of the ball in the clutch, the third best turnover team in the league in the clutch. And Donovan is one of four players in the NBA right now who have scored more points than in the clutch than minutes played in the clutch. The others are Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Joel Embiid. So Donovan's doing some pretty special stuff. And Quinn's done some well, – I went back and rewatched the last five minutes last night. Quinn's doing some creative – things. There was one play in particular where I think they wanted to get Kevin Herter guarding Donovan Mitchell and they brought Boyan Bogdanovich up on the pick or on the slip really to make Herter switch. Herter got bumped out so that uh, Atlanta showed some you know maturity for a young team and Herter jumped over onto Ingles and then Ingles just promptly came right up on the second pick so then Herter had to switch on Donovan. Donovan spun right by him for a layup, or might have been his reverse side layup. So I think we're seeing these guys begin to understand, to your point, the mental toughness, also to understand how to play together. Earlier this year, I remember after a game talking to one of the Jazz coaches and them saying, Boyan and Donovan just don't know each other yet. They don't have any idea on, on what one's going to do when the other reacts. We're seeing them now have complete understanding. Boyan missed the shot last night, but Donovan made a perfect read on a play last night in which uh, Boyan came up for the slip and the defense got flustered and Donovan gave it up willingly and flipped it over to Boyan for a straightaway free. Boyan didn't make it, but it was the perfect read. As much as Donovan says Boyan shoots 80%, we do allow him to miss every now and then. you think we'll see more of Jeff Green taking it to the basket? No. You think Joe Ingles has fit into a role in the team now and is going to grasp it and gets uh, and the coaching staff knows where to put him. He knows what to do, and he's going to be more aggressive, and we're going to see more really good basketball out of Joe? Yeah, I do. I mean, whatever happened to Joe early in the year was funky. He just got off kilter, right? And I mean, he's a great – we all 
he's a great dude, but you know he's human, and something happened with him to start this season where he just did not get his vibe at all. And somehow, when Mike Conley got hurt and they put him back in the starting lineup, and he was able to play for other people and do some other things, um, uh, he did. And I do think that as much as we love the Joe Ingles pick and roll, I kind of make this joke all the time, but I'm pretty serious about it. Joe Ingles cannot pass to himself. And as much as we love Joe Ingles and the ball fake last night, and there's a great shot of Dante coming off the bench and pretending to do the ball fake, Joe Ingles is a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter who I think gets his mojo also from hitting three-point shots. And when he's on the floor with non-passers and the only passer on the floor, he's not getting those shots. When he's playing with other guys on the hot, uh, that are the better players, he's, you know, he's the fourth or fifth option for the defense to deal with, and we're seeing his three-point shooting spike right now, and pretty soon he's going to start actually making a corner three again, and then it's really going to get rolling. But I think he's close to 40% from three in the last 10 games. He's back to his game. This is the best three-point shooting team in the league, the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooting team in the league, and Joe is a huge part of that. And so there's a great value to Joe playing with the other guys, and I think that got his mojo going. Uh, and I think the lack of <clears> – <throat> if you go back – sorry, there's a long answer. I know I'm good at those. Um, yeah. If you go back – Except when I ask him look, a question, I get a one-word freaking answer. You ask him a yes or no question, and we go through a commercial break. Go ahead. <laughs> PK, I love you. Um, the, I can, I can uh, interpret why that happened, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, go ahead. So finish. I think, you know, if you go back and look at the first half of the season, Joe was taking close to the same amount of threes. Let's call it four. And last year there were three catch and shoots and one off the bounce. And this year they were two and a half uh, off the bounce and one and a half catch and shoots. And the difference is that Joe is the one of the top five catch-and-shoot guys in the league and one of the bottom five off-the-bounce guys. And so your percentage swings the wrong direction, and now, there's, now it's coming back the other way. Want me to analyze your long and short answers, David, or should I just let it go? <laughs> Probably should let it go. Feelings, <laughs> no big deal. It's not your feelings. Yeah. It's Jeff Green's I mean, feelings. I think, letting it, I think letting it go might be a good choice on this. All right. Thank you, David. We'll let you go. Okay. See ya. All right. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, on the road, Charlotte, Saturday afternoon, and then it's uh, Miami to wrap up the trip. And Miami's really good, 11-1 at home. That is a really good record at home. Third in the East right now. Well, I think Spolster is your coach of the year right now. That's a strong case, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Say give it to uh, Vogel for managing LeBron. No. no. (laughs) Then it's Spolster. Overachieving expectations. Barely. I don't know what. No, no, I'm talking Miami. That's the case for Miami. For sure. Is that they, it's like, oh, Miami will be all right, and Miami's much better than all right. Exactly. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. It's appropriate that he sings Christmas tunes. You know why? Uh, no, why? He was born on Christmas Day. Oh, there it is. All right. Purchase a Ford Fans on all you can eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fans on all you can eat tickets now. All right, DJ and PK. The, uh, we used to call it signing day, PK, and it's just the news is just kind of trickling out. It's signing week or it's signing weekend. It's not a full Early week, signing I guess, period is what they call it officially. That's too official. The early signing period. Well, whatever you want to call it, it's about getting talent. Is it over yet? Are the Utes about to get more talent? Yeah, yeah. I think there's, uh, I've been told that there's a kid out of Southern California, San Bernardino, ironically. Get out. uh, San Bernardino. Lawler, a big uh, 6'3", I looked it up, 6'3", 190, DB, possibly cornerback. Expecting him to. A high school quarterback who's going to switch over and. Of course, a lot of high school quarterbacks, depending on where I you think go. that's what he played, you or might at least play some point. Yeah. both sides of the ball and be a safety or something. Yeah. So High school coaches like to put the best athlete in the middle of the field. For whatever it's worth, and, and I really don't know, I am far, far from an expert in this field by any stretch when it comes to evaluating high school talent. Mm-hmm. But if it seems like the youth got what they need. I, I can't tell you that for sure because... You know, I look at the rank. You look at these rankings, but you just you don't really know what you're looking at. You look at them and you think, okay, yeah, or maybe they need a little bit better. Uh, but seems like I don't know what their class is going to be ranked. I think it's ranked right in the middle, four to six maybe. But in in terms of being in the conference, but the man has shown that that's where his ranking might be, and then he produces out on the field. Well, I think the thing that every Ute fan should hear when they hear 6'3", and he's going to play in the secondary, so if he's good, I mean, how do you match up, you know, when SC is running out all these 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", receivers oh, yeah. and winning jump balls? At some point, asking a 5'10 guy to do that is going to be a problem. I mean, I have no idea if these guys can play, but that just screams Sean Smith. That would be awesome. Sean Smith uh, cashed some NFL paychecks, had a nice little run. Absolutely, yeah. Now, he's a good player at the U. I'm just talking about measurables. I right. have no idea if he's going to come in here. And I'll find out, and we'll know. They'll, they'll tell they, me. But it, when it comes to the secondary, they've gotten more guys right than they've gotten wrong by a wide margin. So, Yeah, and now's the time. We're all good DBs. Now's the time to come to Utah because <laughs> they're graduating everybody. It is the time. There's going to be a lot of snaps available. Yeah. The governor's in the house, man. Governor. We will be talking to Governor. We're at the Road Home. The Road Home Mediathon continuing. And uh, if you want to uh, get... Are these lower bowl tickets? Is that what she said when she's here? Yeah, some of these, uh, the $1,500 tickets. Make a big donation now. Support the Road Home, 801-819-7300. This will shock you, PK, but when I came down here yesterday, they had all kinds of new tickets that were not available during the morning show. <laughs> And I made a big Shocking. deal on the air. I made a big deal on the air too. Jake Did and, you go on? Jake and Gordon were rolling. Yeah. Oh, you went on with I was down here. I was down here for, for TV, yeah. so they had me on for a segment. Uh, uh, so if you want, uh, 
If you want to see Houston, lower bowl tickets to the Jazz and the Rockets, February 22nd, a $1,500 donation to the Road Home will hook you up with the tickets, 801-819-7300. And if February 22nd doesn't work for you because, you know, you got a busy social calendar and you're already scheduled, uh, they also tickets to the Jazz Celtics game Ooh. and the Jazz Clippers game, $1,500 donation. Games. Those are big games. I know. And so what we had available was uh, all bottom feeders, you know. And so that was the Warriors, and it was upper. No, bowl. They, they thought the Warriors. It was, yeah, I got Durant. It was, it was and upper. Curry, come see the Knicks. Clay Thompson. Yeah. No, but they thought the Knicks was Frazier and Monroe. And I started in. Wait till PK finds out the we got the Knicks. Reed. Wait till we find out we got the <laughs> Knicks and you got the Rockets and the Clippers. You know, Gordon was just in hysterics immediately. Now, Any, I, so anyway, there's fifteen hundred bucks. Aside from the show rivalries, this is a chance to help out the road home, help kids who had, uh, they had 172 kids two nights ago. They had 163 kids last night. You can help them out. A lot of homeless kids staying at the uh, family shelter here in Midvale. So I was at the gym this morning, and I understand there was nudes of Steph Curry online. What? I said Steph Curry, and I clicked on it on Twitter. And, and I can tell you from experience, man, that you just don't want that to have happen to you. From experience, you can tell mm-hmm, us that. Yeah, yeah. You're in the middle of a big national, international. Steph Curry, that's it. That's a global scandal. Yeah. Steph Curry from downtown, I guess. Way downtown. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs>